Hi, Rabbi Rashi Simon here with a Purim message for all my friends at Kesher and beyond. In the aftermath of the atrocities of September 11th, 2001, it was not long before the comedians found new material in the tragedy. This guy, Osama bin Laden, he has $300 million, five wives, and 21 children. And what does he hate? The excessive American lifestyle. Purim is our day of excess, when drinking, eating, joking, and cavorting are acceptable, expected, and even encouraged. Yet we have the famous observation attributed to the 16th century Ari, though actually predating him, that Purim may be likened to Yom Kippur, known in the Torah as Yom HaKippurim. This can be rendered as a day similar to Purim. Where is the similarity? Surely the differences could hardly be more obvious, starting with eating and drinking and moving on from there. Tomorrow we read Parshas Zachar, recalling the unprovoked attack of Amalek, our ancient nemesis. Of course, Haman, villain of the Purim story, was also an Amaleki who shared the tribal obsession with destroying the Jewish people. The Torah implies that the assault of Amalek was the result of the Jews asking, Hayesh Hashem Bekirbenu im Ayin, is God in our midst or not? This question can be interpreted to mean that they ask, is our relationship with God that of yesh, meaning that we can grasp him in some way, or is it ayin, nothingness, because he completely transcends our understanding? If so, they were posing a philosophical question of significance, so why were they worthy of rebuke? I'm reminded of the story of Hermann Cohen, the neo-Kantian German-Jewish philosopher who came back to Judaism in his later years. He once described to an elderly Polish Jew his complex, nuanced conception of God. The latter replied, your description is masterful, but where is the Borei Oilam, the Creator? In a similar way, Moshe admonished the people, your philosophizing leaves you in danger of overlooking the personal, practical, fervent, real-life relationship with God. It was this arm's-length intellectual perception of God that left them vulnerable to the attack of Amalek, whose arrival is described as the one who cooled you down on the way, that is, exploited your frigid manner of serving God. <clears throat> For this reason, the book of Esther describes the jubilation after the miraculous delivery with the well-known words, The Jews had light, gladness, joy, and honor. The Talmud comments that light means Torah. Gladness is Yom Tov. Joy refers to Brit Milah, and honor alludes to Tefillin. Why does the Megillah hint to these observances as being in evidence after Haman's downfall when we don't find that Haman decreed against them in the first place? The answer, according to Rabbi Shimon Schwab of Washington Heights, is that previously, before the rise of Haman and his murderous plans, they had Torah, but without light. Yom Tov lacking in gladness. Mila unaccompanied by joy, and the mitzvah of tefillin failed to inspire them with the glory that it represents. The message of the exuberance of Purim, then, is the other side of the coin of the trepidation and reverence of Yom Kippur. Joy, enthusiasm, excitement, celebration. Ora v'simcha v'sason v'ikar. Kain tihiyelano. Have a wonderful Shabbos and Purim Sameach.